Hi guys, it's Ali and Thea, and we're back with another episode of the Undecided Gen Z. This is the podcast where we talk about everything going on in our world, your world, and the world around us from a Gen Z perspective. Yes, hello. It's good to be back. What's Um, good? We are here. I'm so excited for this episode. We've got a great guest, an amazing guest, so I can't wait for you guys to listen. (laughs) Yes, guys, in just a bit, we're going to be speaking to Avalon Hope. She's an influencer. She's a businesswoman. She is a sex worker. Oh. She is a music OnlyFans creator. She, yes. Well, that's sex worker, but yes. <laughs> and she gives all the juicy details on where she is today, her hustler kind of mentality, like the way her drive oh. and the way her mind works is oh. phenomenal. Yes. And then all just the background, the background. She She's actually phenomenal. I'm so glad we got the chance to interview her and can't wait for you guys to hear later on. Just hold on. But before we get into that, we have a review, hopefully. Yeah, we do. Coming out of Great Britain, this week's review of the week uh, shows up. Oh. From Paulina Powell. We're expanding, um, growing intercontinental. And Paulina Powell said, <laughs> my new obsession I'm so tired of podcasts made by millennials, so I just searched Gen Z on Apple Podcasts hoping to find something. I could not have found anything better. I don't think you understand how much I love this podcast. It feels like I'm just listening to my friends talk. All of the topics are so interesting, and you both are so funny. Oh, <laughs> I love it. There we go. That's the hype up we just need before, make me the, feel... <laughs> before recording. They make me feel so warm. A um, reassurance. Yeah, they make me want to like, go forward. Go forward with the podcast. I just love that um, our like search results were that effective. That she searched Gen Z, and there we are. Like the competition. <laughs> there, well, we is, are called the undecided Gen Z. <laughs> you know, we're top of the competition. Yeah. So thank you so much, Paulina, for that lovely review, and also thank you everyone for your comments on last week's app. I'm still recovering from those secrets. <laughs> Everybody was disgusted. Like. Loki, so be. was I, but like... And I haven't heard yeah, from they either people. Be. We said, guys, if you're the period cupcakes girl, hit us up. If you're the leaking underwear girl, hit us up. Where are they? Crickets. None. I um, do want to clarify quickly that rude. I was listening back to that episode and at one point I was going on about how we're all in the 1% of the world. As it turns out, we are not all in the 1% oh. of the world. Well, we're not academics here. Well, so- <laughs> you should be. You are with the high, I was with like, the I'm sorry, answer. you're actually not that privileged... Um, Still, still no, relatively No, we're not the privileged. 1% because everybody, everybody says that, like, kill the 1%. We're not the 1% because the 1% has, like, the 1% exactly, has, no. like, Elon Musk and Damn everything. it, I, I really should have come with the stats because I thought <laughs> I had it. So but dumb. No, the 1% was truly... No, you needed, like, an estimated income of at least 600 grand a year to be in the 1%. Oh. So, that's I us. wish I was in the 1%. <laughs> we're the 1%. We hope all our nah, listeners are No, we're probably the, the 10%. We're yeah. in the 10%, right? Yes. Probably. No, Oops. So don't take anything, any real advice from us. No, I mean the point <laughs> still stands. We're still privileged, just not not like not quite mm. up there yet. One day maybe. Uh, I don't think I'd want to get that privilege. Let's really? be honest. Like six hundred grand. I a think year? yeah. To I think to get that amount of money, you have to walk on a lot of people, and I'm just not about that. Mm. Like six hundred grand a year. Like I'd be happy with one hundred grand. Like that would be amazing. I'd happily step on a couple of people for a cheeky six hundred k. Are you kidding? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, That's the white man speaking right there. supposed to be a bit of there. laughter there. Was a the joke. white man. Um, <laughs> There's the difference between us right there, Theo. Um, oh. <laughs> no. But how have you been? How's your week mm. been? 
the ha- since the last episode. Very, very ironic. Literally, I think last episode I was going about how, you know, we were out of lockdown, in of lockdown, and then I was back out of lockdown, and then we dropped the episode, and the next day back in lockdown. So it's really just yeah. a roller coaster <laughs> of up and downs. And the funny thing is, like, when by the time the episodes drop, it's probably like changed by a million times yeah somebody of- comment on on it oh really <laughs> they're like they were like really sad because by the time this was yeah. posted like lockdown has changed and i was like oh exactly last time you were talking about yes we've got like 200 cases in sydney and now you're getting like 2000 and now we're a day. At a- so by the yeah. time this comes out probably 10 10 k a day well to be fair we did record the last episode like two weeks in like a week and a half in advance so, actually, this is going to be in advance too. So, yeah, so just, out loud. <laughs> just giving that preface to everyone, don't take our info as... Actually, just the moral of this relevant. episode so far is don't take any of the data we spit out as relevant. <laughs> oh, um, God. But no, it's been good. I don't... Actually, no, it's, it's been okay, but I'm just... Uh, my work from home routine has been absolutely horrific this time. As in, <laughs> as soon as we get back into lockdown, it's kind of like I feel like I need to take advantage of the freedom Instead of just being mm. like, no, we're still, it's still the same. I'm just at home. So literally up until one, two, every night, I'm like in oh bed when I get text messages about like the Zoom meetings. I'm jumping out like two minutes before to jump onto Zoom. <laughs> and it's just a mess. I'm. You're not coping, really. No. Now, if, if, <laughs> if this is the episode that one of my uh, bosses has decided to tune into, uh, this is all just a bit of exaggerated fun. Don't stress. I'm doing fine. <laughs> it's, it's all a joke. It's all it's a joke. A, it's all just a bit of a laugh. We love. But yeah, no, the self-control is definitely not there. And it makes me feel like I'm not making the most of this like experience. But at the same time, I what think it's kind of- What experience is this? Ex- Lockdown or the like the pandemic? Of, I don't know. I just feel like, you know, when you're, when you're at home so much and we're in lockdown, we have these opportunities to do stuff. I can have a fun routine. I can- yeah, but no, I'm not making the most of it, and it's just a disaster, really. Mm. How has oh, your week been? I'm actually the opposite. Oh. <laughs> so, like, I've uh, had like uh, obviously wait, wait, like up and down. You, I believe, I, I believe, I saw my phone last night and I received a TikTok from you at 2:35 a.m. Okay, okay, wait, stop. Apart from last oh. night, I've been like pretty I mean, great. It was a like, Friday. I've, it was a Friday. Yeah, and I I've been pretty good. Like. In the past, I'll say the past week. Let's call it a week because I'm not going to overdo it. But no, like I've <laughs> been pretty good, like stable, I'd say. I started back on my antidepressant, well, anti-anxiety is oh. really, um, which I hadn't been on since like the end of last year. And because I just like wasn't coping, like, because as you guys know, I'm living alone, haven't seen anybody in like two months, three months. Yeah. Um. So I like reached out and I was like, look, I, like, and I was sleeping a lot, but like not at night. I couldn't sleep at night just during the day. Anyway, I'm back, back on track. I've been actually just like, I got a job, which is oh. really exciting. <laughs> <laughs> Heard this one before. A few times. Uh, I think this is my fifth job on the podcast. Oh, I don't know. I'm not even going to count. No, we're going in this positively. But, yes, um, always. I got a job. Okay, so what's this one? a different type of job. It's right. a medical receptionist. Oh. So, yeah. Okay. So, it's definitely different because I'm not hospitality. And I, all I've done is really hospitality. And yeah. you guys have seen how that's gone. And especially, like, with hospitality places that are, like, desperate for people, which should be a red flag mm. straight away. Like, if they're, like, turning over staff consistently, like, don't 
if they make it easy, don't. Don't apply for that job. Um, and hospitality is also no. a very specific type of style of work that mm. you have to be suited to. Yeah. And I like I loved interacting with customers, but it was just like I was working like 15, as I probably said in other episodes, like 15 hour days, 12 hour days, no. like and having like half an hour break uh. and then having to like study and I just couldn't deal with it. But this is like a casual position, but I'll be training for three weeks. Um, so that starts next week. Well, I don't know when this will be out. This, I'll probably be doing this well when this comes out. Yeah, I mean, medical excited. receptionism does give me much more relaxed vibes. Yeah, and just because, like, I'm already, like, anxious about, like, stuff already. Like, I don't need to have, like, a really hectic work life either. Um, whilst I know, like, medical receptionists can get, like, hectic, but it's different to hospitality, I feel. Yeah. But other than that, I'm pretty good. My mental health, I'm really surprised. Like, yeah. Now, we would be remiss if we pass this episode without asking the question. What question? Well, as we know... Ali Bachelorette wrapped up just a few days oh, ago, no. last week. <laughs> oh no, it did not. Let's not. No, lie I'm saying to that we dropped we dropped the finale. Yeah, we okay. recorded a little okay, while yeah, back, yeah, we but dropped. we dropped the finale. Yeah. So at mm-hmm. this point, everyone's wondering. You chose Maui in a very dramatic yes. finale. Was that actually as hard as you said it was, or were you ra- were it you was building up for the production value? Um, no, it was actually that hard. Like, you know, yeah, no, I, I know. love how you, you ask these questions well. when you were there. <laughs> but no, like, I, yeah, I, it's, it was just really difficult because I'd like only talked to them for like, as I said, not a long time. Yeah, it just came down to it. And that's, I had to pick somebody. So I could leave being like, no. <laughs> Full of honey badger. True. I, I thought about it. Oh. I thought about it. Oh. I, was I thought, thought that would be too much drama. Could for, do the like, opposite and be the first one. one to pick two people. I feel like that would be greedy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to choose half the cast. Yeah, yeah. But, but um, have you had any contact with Maui since we wrapped up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've been like talking most days oh. since he won. Oh. <laughs> like just not not like full talking, okay. just like little like check ins every day. Oh. Um, and we're planning, I think, to do a Zoom. Oh. Or something soon. So that should be fun. Okay. No, that's actually quite... <laughs> but like... Like, that's a positive note because we did record it, what, two weeks ago now. It's been a minute and you're still still active. So you're feeling good about it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel good. Like, I don't not feel good. Like, we... There's... We haven't mm. been able to, like, form... Because we haven't, like, done a Zoom or anything, like, fun uh, since then. So we haven't, like, you know, been able to, like, grow or, like... You know, okay. talk more. It's just been like right. messaging, you know, like just yeah. being like, how's your day? Like, what's up? Or like recommending movies or just talking about some things, playing 20 questions, that like, kind of like boring kind of stuff. So, have you dropped the album yet? No. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's so crazy. I'm just asking the questions that, that people so want to know. Love, but like, no, no, of course not. Like, okay. we left, I know it would be we fine. left the Bachelor being like ha 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 this is just like fun and we'll like talk and like we've been talking but nothing like serious so like how could like okay. i don't know that's just odd but well, no the zoom the is happening is just- so stay tuned for that one yeah but like the love life is dry and i'm like no i'm gonna say i'm actually okay with it Bro, like you know how like a whole usually- bunch of series and then you come on here the episode after saying the love life is dry <laughs> no but you know how like usually um like in the past i've been on all the dating apps mm. Like consistently. Yes, I do know that. And I'm aware of that little habit. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, like I'm always on there like looking for somebody. I literally don't feel the need. Like I'm kind of just content. That's because you I don't found your like... man and you're good to go. No, 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 no. It's because <laughs> I like I've actually had a couple of experiences in the past couple of weeks where like I've had like a low point and then felt good again. Yeah, right. And like when I felt better, I felt like this is going to sound so cheesy and corny, but like a weight's been like lifted off. Like I felt like mentally like even better than I have before. Um, And I think like a lot of like stuff that I'm working through has to do with like wanting to talk to people all the time or wanting to like, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I don't know what it is, but I don't feel the need to. Like I am on a hinge, but I don't really, I got downloaded last night at like 2am because I was scared (laughs) and I needed something to do, but I don't really like feel the need to be on it. I'm not. That reminds me, I really need to delete your, um. Your Hinge and Tinder because I still be getting oh, I notifications. Did, I deleted my Hinge. And I I'm just waiting for someone to check over my phone when I get a notification. It's like, Max has sent you a rose. And they're going to be like, what? <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I, I'm i feeling like pretty just like content, which is very odd for oh. me. Yeah, like I don't need, like I'm not suddenly grasping at stuff, but isn't well, that like weird? maybe you'll encounter a hot, rich doctor at this new medical center. <laughs> Yeah, sure. Imagine. Um, nah, but yeah. Good. I think it's time, as we always say. I think I need, it's time. I need everybody to hear. I know it's time. <laughs> no, so we did record this already. Um, and as Ali said, Avalon was truly such a great person to talk to. Like I wasn't, I didn't really know what to expect. And her energy that she brought, like the just, mm. she's basically, she's a natural like, for this kind of thing. Yeah. Like, I'm, like, so excited to listen back because, like, I remember being in the conversation being like, oh, my God, this is it. Like, I want to I want to be doing this. She led I us down be... a lot of different paths we didn't even expect mm. to go down. We didn't have time. We didn't I have time. I wanted another hour. Exactly. <laughs> so, enjoy this ep with Avalon. Welcome back, guys. We are here, returned, and joined by Avalon Hope who is a model, influencer, and OnlyFans creator in the top 0.2%, I believe. Correct, correct. So killing the OnlyFans scene in Australia and the world. Um, Avalon, how are you? I'm wonderful. Thank you, Theo. How are you guys doing? Great. Couldn't be happy to be here with you today. It's actually very much excited. So many things to talk to you about. I'm so excited. Like you've got, looking at your whole, well, you are your brand, but looking at like everything that you touch into, it's just amazing what you're doing. So I'm so excited for everybody to hear it. Thank you so much. Thank you. I guess no um, just to like top us, get it started for those who maybe aren't familiar with you. Do you have like a 30 second, or like 15 second, like who is Avalon Hope? What is oh she Oh my about? goodness. <laughs> like- <laughs> I should. Like, hi, I'm Avalon Hope. Yeah. Content creator, curve model. And as you said, OnlyFans creator. I'm a bad bitch. I'm here to reel hey. people in with my titties and make them stay for the education. That's it. Oh, <laughs> oh. nothing better. Nothing better. I love that. That's that little sentence. That was a very good pitch. Mm. Thanks. That's exactly <laughs> it, though, is it not? If you look at my social media, it's like, okay, wow, look at this babe. She's a hottie. And then if you actually go through my stories or whatever is going, mm. going on, it's like, oh, no. I really have to sit through this. I feel like that's what a lot of but my it's demographic good. It's is. Good. <laughs> well, I'm sure that you guys really enjoy it, but my demographic is very much so like, I think that I have a 92% male audience and yeah. of that are in there like between like late 20s and like up to 40. And sure. I think that the, it usually kind of like the straight white man. And I think that it's really funny that 
you know, yeah. the way that I look versus the content I put out because it's very much so for women and stuff like mm. that. And it's like, you're going to get educated whether you like it or not because I know you're going to date <laughs> and you're just going to have to sit through these stories. So it's like, exactly. Yeah. No, it's it's like the interesting... best way. Yeah, it's a really interesting dynamic because that's like might be the crowd which is the least kind of naturally looking for that kind of content but then also probably the crowd in that sense that needs it the most. So the most. Really, yeah, that's exactly the right. That is exactly, <laughs> no, if, if anyone needs an education, it's that demographic. And so I am happy to be the one to provide that. <laughs> yes. No, I'm excited well, to talk about that. Cause I've seen, I've seen a lot of different stuff through your stories and just following you for a short amount of time. I'm like, damn, she's yeah. touching, she's touching on everything. Um, which is really cool to see. Thank you. Thank you. I, I, I engage with what interests me. And I think, because being a, an outfaced sex worker, there will be no um, chance for a legitimate career in politics, though it is something that really interests me. <laughs> so now it's like I really use the, the audience and the space that I've created um, with my following to, to act and use that as like a, my political sphere as well. It's like, mm-hmm. that's fine. You can come and engage with my content, but it, I'm more than a pretty face. And exactly. I think that it's, it's wasted. You know, I, even last year I had like a little rant, um, especially this was around the time of Black Lives Matter and like the murder of George Floyd. And it was like, I had seen a lack of outrage from so many other influencers. It was like, what are you influencing? Really? Mm, exactly. What is your message? <laughs> because these people have such huge followings. And like mm. I said, the demographic that needs to be educated the most, these are people that just sit and passively consume content. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, if you're going to sit and passively consume, I'm going to feed you all of this stuff because you, you need it the most. And there, there was such a lack in, um, yeah, especially in Australia of other influencers and models with big, um, followings I was just pissed off about like why are you not using your platform for good like it's all well and good to have a pretty face or be you know sexy but if you don't have a sharp mind or something going on behind it how can you call yourself an influencer if you're not exactly you're just posting content you're not actually well you're influencing people to be silent really to be honest and that's it Mm. if you if you are silent you're choosing the side of the oppressor like, mm-hmm. and that's in any situation. So it's like, no, I refuse. I absolutely refuse. <laughs> Which is so amazing. On that topic, though, like, does it get tiring? Like, I know I see a lot of, like, your posts about body positivity and being, like, a curve model and, like, how people still comment on that, but, like, you're a size 12, I think? 12? That's correct. Yeah. yeah. And, like, so you get stuff on that and then being a sex worker and, like, does it ever well, obviously it does, but how do you handle, like, how like do you get burnt out, how exhausting it is fighting these battles? So there's a few parts to that. Um, first being, I think you really do have to have, like, a tough skin to be in any kind of spotlight and any, like, that, that comes with the territory. It really is. And I think that there's so many people, and even my younger self, like, really wanting to have that spotlight and attention on me looking back not that I'd ever change it but I wish I could be like hey you better toughen up and toughen up fast and I'm glad that I did things rarely offend me or hurt me anymore unless it is to do with like actual physical safety and like you know stalkers or anyone getting private information doxing that kind of thing um but no like I actually find it funny because I think you know I used to be a stripper and now moving into online sex work the amount of compliments that I do get, like compliments mean nothing to me anymore. Like I, I'm so grateful. Thank you so much. But 
it doesn't have weight in it because it's yeah, like right. one like you'll never be someone there's um there is a quote and it's like you could be the juiciest ripest peach in the world and there's still going to be people out there that hate peaches and it's just oh, like yeah. that's exactly yeah. it so i will be you know to one person the most attractive person they've ever seen in their life and the next person will come along and be like you are so dog ugly i actually hate you like and you get these comments, like, and it, it, where I see it the most is on TikTok. Like, this TikTok mm. is oh my ruthless. God. It it's is unfiltered. <laughs> I had someone, like, I had um, a little compilation of, like, screenshots just from comments I was getting. It was people saying that they, like, literally cut off their limbs just to spend five seconds with me, followed by someone saying <laughs> I look like a garden tool. And it was like, oh, what? What? It, this is what I mean. Like, it just, it doesn't affect me anymore because right. it, it all feels like white noise. And it's just like, I, all I really care about is the numbers game. It's like pushing the numbers, whether it's like the outreach or just consistently expanding and growing. And like the comment, whether it is positive or negative, is another number added to that data. That's all I really see. Right, yeah. It's work. But as for getting burnt out, I really struggle with it because I have fibromyalgia, which is like a chronic and invisible illness where basically I deal with a lot of um, muscular pain. I have like short-term memory loss sometimes. I really deal with brain fog and migraines. And I think the older I get and the more experienced I am in my career, um, I'm getting better at managing that. But also I say this, um, whereas like last month, I literally got bronchitis because I was so burnt out. My body was like, slow down. Literally <laughs> take a break. <laughs> Right now, you're spending a whole week in bed, supper. That's it. Mm. And, yeah, and that's it. So, I mean, it, it can get exhausting, especially being, like, on all the time and yeah, online yeah. and consistently putting out content on every platform. It does get draining, but I'm really grateful that I really enjoy what I do and I'm really passionate about it too. Like, the, the creative aspect, the creative direction, it, like, fuels my passion. So even when the burnouts do happen – I'm kind of just like, all right, we rest now so we can get back on that horse and like, let's giddy up. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I am interested then in how like you do kind of balance your time slash all the different pies you do have your fingers in. So like in terms of a typical week, I guess there isn't really a typical week, but like a normal day when you wake up and you're like, okay, how do I balance everything and get to everything? How do you like, what's a typical day look like for you? Dio, you're so right in saying there is no typical week though, and there is no typical day. It really like, people be like, oh, can I see you this week? I'm like, I need to refer to the Bible. And for me, my Bible is my diary. It's my plan. I'm like, I will die without it every day. Like a physical like, this, diary. This, 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 this. I have to have okay. a physical. I No, Google. Online it gets lost. I, it does. I forget. This yep. is what I mean. With the amount of notifications I have coming through, I'm like, I don't want to hear this. I need to look at it, see it. It's mm. separate from the the phone in front of me it's like okay it's really here this is like a law to me I have this appointment I have this meeting so um, a typical day it's usually like getting up uh getting ready like doing my makeup I really like treat my morning time as like sacred to me so it's like tidying my apartment making my bed getting myself ready like listening to some Nicki Minaj or whatever I'm in the mood for um easing into that day the past month has been a little bit different because I am uh, working on like the launch of a company. So it's been a lot of early Zoom meetings yeah. and just speaking to lots of people. So it's a bit more of um, a bit more formal than what I'm really like used to. Prior to right. that, it very much so was like, 
better at nighttime and a lot of my audience is in the States. So usually I would be up till around like 3, 4 a.m. like working, doing things, chatting to people, engaging with fans. And then I would get up at like 10, 11, like before midday and start my day. No wonder you're getting um, burnt out. That's all I can say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. But I shoot around twice a week, like actual photographers and planning the shoots and like creative direction with that. Um, and collaboration so that takes time to organize and also like get the outfits know what's going on when where all of that yeah I don't know I usually sit like as well especially like with the my sixth TikTok account I am on uh, I plan out about like an hour a day if I can to just shoot all of these little videos and content for about two days a week so I can just trip feed all of that but yeah there is no typical day like I couldn't give no. you a a step-by-step and also it's whatever I'm in the mood for as well within my boundaries, like with my fibro, I have to be mindful of my energy where I can spend it and yep. uh, when I can't. And that's simply it. And like, I, I will know when I'm like, ah, uh, we're working in reverse now. Like I've hit my limit. This is going to cost me one day, two days, four days, a week mm. to bounce back from. But sometimes you just got to push on through. Like there is no choice. Put a smile on, get through it, figure it out later. <laughs> Which I guess is a benefit of what you do in terms of being, a free like a content creator you can just pick and choose kind of what what you're vibing with that particular day that's it and if i really do need an entire day off if i need an entire week off i can take that for me Mm -hmm. i really can and like that is what i am so i'm so grateful for what i am you know doing what i can do because there is that consistent freedom i don't depend on anyone else for income except like my own effort and that's something with only fans as well it really is like how much you put in is mm. how much you get out. You get out, yeah. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Taking it back to the start of your yeah. career, oh. your <laughs> your back. content creation, yeah. what led you, like what was the first like domino that led to this whole brand of oh. Avalon Hope? Yeah, uh, it started with an influencer in Newcastle. She is... Um, a yogi and yeah an influencer she's beautiful her name's Sianna Elise Earp. and I remember that she was like the it girl where I'm from in Newcastle and I was like oh my goodness like she's so beautiful and I was like 14 at the time and by the time I was 15 I'd gotten Instagram and followed her I'd seen that she started a blog of her own she was just writing like recipes or like day-to-day what she was getting up to and I remember seeing that and just being like She's doing it. I'm going to as well. Like, that's it. And so I really did. I started my own blog. And from there, I started taking, like, Instagram more seriously. And I remember in high school copying, like, a lot of black it, especially in Australia. Yeah. Very much so, yeah. like, tall poppy syndrome. It's like, who yeah. do you think you are doing this? I was like, I'm Avalon Hope. Like, give me a few years. Remember really, my there's name. Really, there's really no space to have kind of shame or to hold back in that you really if you are trying to build a personal brand you just have to be like no this is I'm putting myself out there you have to be so cringe you have to be so cringe and believe in yourself and just consistently keep moving following the trends and and doing whatever is really asked of you Mm. regardless of like that's it you know my my self-respect like for myself but there are times where you really have to be like Oh, I know this is going to do really well. Like, this is going to do numbers, but oh my God, like <laughs> TikTok dances and stuff like that. You're like, oh my God, what is going on? But you know, it all started there. And, um, you know, I started doing photo shoots with my friend Shannon Carroll, who I'm still friends with this, through this day. We ended up moving to Melbourne together. 
Um, oh, no. She's a photographer, incredibly talented. And at the time, she was also 15. She did a little Facebook thing. And like, I'm looking for amateur models. I was like, hi, <laughs> let's go. And like, it just went from there. And yeah, I ended up, the, the blog itself, by the time I was maybe just before I turned 17, turned into a feminist magazine called High Gloss Magazine doesn't exist anymore you can't even find relics of it online I mean I can log into my lips and have a look at what I was getting up to but it all started because I swore in class and I started talking with my history teacher about like yeah the history of swear words and am I allowed to swear on here am I gonna get yeah, yeah. Yeah. okay great well I said I was like that is the most offensive word in the English language and yet it directly relates to female genitalia like mm. that is what kind of is how are we saying that that is the most offensive derogatory thing that's to be so called. true and I was like this is disgusting I'm like no so I turned to my friend Grace who was the most intelligent woman I knew she was so articulate and I was like hey can you help me write this thing I want to do without just swearing lots and offending everyone she was like yeah I got this and we ended up running this magazine together um and by the time I kind of like put it to rest I was like managing around like 10 writers and we had like 15 wow. photographers globally and there I was like in high school like in my math class like <laughs> signing off on these emails like editor a business CEO. queen from the get-go no that was it so that happened in a little offshoot of that as well um, I started running like a creative media agency when I was like 17 because I got hired by a modeling agency i won't i think i'll get in trouble if i say who they are but they were shit um <laughs> they like basically took me they're like we really love your face um yep. but you are a mid-sized girl you've just got huge cities so i guess you're a curve model uh we're gonna take you on board though we're gonna try our best and i have only i only ever got three jobs from them and that was they were beautiful like i went to new zealand i did indonesia like they were great like modeling jobs but they were all because these companies had then gone and found my Instagram and they were like, we like her message. Like, mm. this is right, this is what right. we want to represent us. And, yeah, I mean, that wasn't great. So I was, like, already at 17. Oh, this is not working for me. I'm going to do this myself. So I started contacting these startup, like, Australian brands and businesses being like, send me your entire catalog of what you've got. We will shoot your entire online catalog. And then I started reaching out to, like, amateur photographers, models, makeup artists, everyone that could get involved when we were young. I was like, I... No one's going to give us a start. I'll make it. I'll make a start for us. And so we started doing that. It was so much fun. And it's funny because that's kind of all of those experiences that I had then yeah. have really assisted me like with structurally in what I do now for work. So that's, yeah. that like isn't is definitely a unique kind of like energy and attitude and like I'm going to make this happen. I want to do this like myself and everything. Where, where did that come from or what was so intriguing about that life or that thing you wanted to achieve to give you the drive to do that like why, where did that all I come from like my mom seeing that in my mom like my mom is just the baddest bitch ever um <laughs> she is like my number one supporter and just seeing her like you know I came from like a broken family like my mom was really mm. sick when I was younger and I watched her raise three daughters and just hold it down and I think seeing that in my mom like whatever she wanted to achieve she got it done and she did it all on her own accord. And having that as a role model, like yeah, yeah. my mom consistently like shattered that glass ceiling and just kept setting the bar higher and higher. It still does to this day. Like she's so my amazing. inspiration. I know, like I'm so lucky to have that as my mom. And that's what I'm just saying. I'm like, I'm capable of doing everything I do today because 
you you it like instilled that in me that drive mm. and that's it and like yeah I think as well like coming from a background where we didn't have much money and there wasn't really like anything I like even still to this day I think I'm the highest educated person in my family and I think coming from that I was like no being a Leo as well and oldest daughter syndrome oh my god <laughs> like hello um, I'm made for fame I'm made for fame let's go and then with that drive from my mother and like having to step up and act as a role model for my sisters and also like that father figure there's always been that drive in me mm. to like provide consistently outdo and just like kick my own goals and I think as well like the relationship that I have with my father while very like colorful and tumultuous um the the relationship I did have with him really taught me that the way to like, get what I want is by simply doing that and it doesn't like you're allowed to stir the pot you can press buttons mm -hmm. and no matter what any like boundaries people set for you at the end of the day it's your life you create your own boundaries and your own limitations if you say you're going to fail you will doesn't matter who else is saying it like that's mm -hmm. their noise their opinion is their business their belief yeah. on you that's their business not mine I don't pay attention to that I set my own limitations my own boundaries and so it's like giving me everyone, like a whole pep talk. I'm like, oh my god, I'm about to everyone like, needs to press out, that little like it. go back 15 seconds thing and just listen to that again because that is like, so, repeat, so repeat. important. <laughs> Thank like, you. Wow. But that's really it. Like, yeah, and it also just being my own number one supporter, like mm. consistently doing it for myself. It's just like, damn, yes, we're gonna kick goals mm. again tomorrow, Ab. Like, let's do this. <laughs> I think that that's where that came from, and it's also like, why not? I I'm, you know, my spiritual belief is when we die, I am simply six foot underneath. That's it. Like, I don't get to experience this life again. And because of that, I'm like, oh, my God, no one's going to be able to talk shit from the grave. And quite frankly, on anyone's deathbed, <laughs> they're not going to be laying there being like, oh, my God, how cringe was Avalon when she did that thing? Like, no one cares. No one cares. And so it's like, yeah. that's why I stay doing me and just being like, oh, my God. Someone's got to be famous. Someone's got to be the hot OnlyFans bitch. Exactly. I'll take one for the team, guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I volunteer. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you started this company and, well, not company, like you got everybody together. How, how did that turn out? What are the steps from there? great. It didn't last for very long. We only did it for about four or five months, I think, because what ended up happening was the minute I turned 18, I started stripping. So when I was like 16 right. years old, I was like scrolling on Tumblr. Um, as you did at 16. I mean, I still do now, don't tell anyone. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm scrolling and I remember seeing this photo of um, these two girls with these ridiculously long nails just holding wads of cash. And I was like, what is this? <laughs> and in the, in the little tags at the bottom, it said hashtag stripper. And so I clicked on it and I started reading. And Tumblr back in the day was the online community for mm -hmm. sex workers. That was the safe space that we had to just openly discuss, like, sharing tips, tricks, how to vet customers, how to hustle, how to present yourself. Um, and it's still up there. It is a little bit more sensitized now uh, because of, you know, it being sold and bloody left to die as Tumblr. But, yeah, like, <laughs> that was it. And I think from there, it's like, oh, my goodness, running this magazine, and it very much so was a feminist magazine where all female writers talking about, like, women's issues. I was just like... This is the industry where women make the most. I will fully, like, if you want a crash course in sales, sex work is it. Like, especially face-to-face -face work. Because you are naked in a room of strangers. And you are a 
selling a lot. Like it's, <laughs> in the most polite way, like going to the strippers is we're, we're true born hustlers. And I remember being in like a change room in Queensland and this girl was like, Avalon, if you can sell someone looking at your asshole for half an hour, you can sell anything. I'm like, <laughs> so true. <laughs> That's so not true. it. Like, Wow. Yeah, like sell me this pen. No, I'm gonna sell you staring at my areola for half an hour. And it's gonna cost you an arm and a leg. Let's go. <laughs> but yeah, no. So what ended up happening was I saw that and I was like, this is this is what I'm gonna do. And I remember just before I turned 18, I sat my mom down and I was like, I'm gonna go and be a stripper. And naturally, as any parent would be, it was like, <gasps> what? Mm. And after I explained it, I was like, yeah, I will be amazing at sales, mom. This is me, like fully having autonomy over my own body. Like the way that I look now, I'm going to be sexualized whether I like it or not. I want to go mm. and make them pay. Exactly. Yeah. Oh. She was like, yes. And I was like, this will make me so financially independent. as Well, like this will mm. just set me up for what I want to do, where I want to go, what I want to achieve. Like this will just mm. fund that. And, you know, with who I was and, you know, how my mom knew me, she was like, you know what? I trust you. As long as you're safe and you're happy, go for it. And she gave me like, half the money for like my first set of pleasers and boys and fishnet stockings I was like you go <laughs> yeah I started that's like so supportive like that's amazing yeah and she's always been amazing like that's one thing I can say about my mother is she's always been so open to listening and learning and there's never been that like in my mother like I am your parent you respect me I'm an all-knowing being she's always like my kids are here to educate me and teach me. Like mm-hmm. I'm ready to soak yeah, it up. So that's what I'm like. I, I lucked out there. I really did. Cause I know a lot of parents are not like that, but yeah. And so, yeah, I started stripping everything. You actually, yeah. So you actually made that. Like, I know, I feel like there's so much when you're the kind of that age, it's very much a thing to like see this and be like, Oh, if only I could just kind of leave this behind and go be a stripper. Cause there's, you see all those things about the girls making so much money and you actually made, made it happen. Well, you did it. <laughs> Like, yes and no, in, like, so many ways. Like, even I remember being in high school seeing, like, the Facebook post, like, oh, my God, if I do bad, like, in my ATAR, which is, like, the New South Wales end of high school exam, mm-hmm. I get a bad yeah. ATAR, I'm just going to go quit and be a stripper. I'm like, I wish, I wish I, there was a TV show that existed where it got bitches like that that were like, oh, I'm going to, like, quit and just go and dance. And we could just see how they would crumble in that first week <laughs> because it is, without a doubt, the hardest job I have right. ever worked or even heard of. Like, out of any study I've ever done or anything, there is nothing that really, like, you either are going to make it work or not. It's very much so sink or swim. And it depends on whether you've got that drive. And I used to, at one of my home clubs here in Melbourne, my job was on Friday nights. I would train up the girls that would come in, like all the newbies, and tell them what was what. And give them a little heads up on hustling. And it was like, throughout the night, if you need help and you see that I'm free, come over and have a chat. And the turnover rate, the amount of girls that would work their first night, just be like, oh, I'm not going to be given wow. $50 for just existing. Like, what? It, mm-hmm. Like, and nothing prepares you for as well, like the face to face rejection that you see. Right. Like, men just straight up being like, you know, you're so fat and ugly. Get the fuck out of here. And it's like, oh, okay, have a nice night. Bye. <laughs> and you have to like literally keep it together. Or mm. even just like the sexual assault that happens. Like it yeah. really is a thing. Like I was talking to my friend about it recently um, where I had some other friends, which is really upsetting that they had been sexually assaulted. And I was talking to my friend about it. I think that we're really desensitized to certain kinds of like sexual harassment because we are sex workers and being in a strip club, like the amount of people that will just like try and put fingers up in you and you're like, excuse mm. me, do that 
that one more time and I'll kick you out. And that's really because you're in your work mind and you're you really like associating from what's going on. If anything like that happened in a club, I'd be like, oh, let's go. <laughs> exactly. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. Because it's in a work setting, you kind of do have to like brush it off, which is like mm. something, I mean, I really have a comment on or a stance on. It really is just, shouldn't be like that but that's something to consider that really is a part of it and also Mm -hmm. like I stopped dancing because in the end I was burnt out and it was costing me money to be at work so the way that strip clubs work you show up you pay $200 to rent the space to be able to be there on a night Mm -hmm. then you've got to think about the fact that it's mandatory to have your hair done nails done like lashes you need makeup like tan outfits all of it your initial investment is a few thousand dollars to start as a dancer Mm -hmm. And then even oh, from there, yeah. every night you're paying to be there, those first few dances that you get are just breaking even. That doesn't even count the Ubers to and from the club or anything like that. And from there, you really do have to hustle. And, like, there can be up to 100, 100 girls on in one night. And you might have mm. 10 customers that get to pick between 100 other girls. Like, it's mm. a hustle. It really is. And you're doing this, like, four or five nights a week, well into the morning. So, yeah. So that whole attitude of... Uh, if I fail this, I'll just go and be a stripper. You reject that idea because it's like these people yeah. don't have it. It's like, have fun me. failing that too. <laughs> like, girl, you got to prepare. Like, that's the whole thing that I really hate, like, as an attitude. I think the way that society treats sex work in general, one, is completely invalid that it's not work. Um, the, just the stigma around it. And then even to just be like, oh, it's literally a fallback. Like you have to really Mm. like Mm. hate yourself to be a sex worker. If I fail at literally everything else in life, I'm going to do that. It's like, you know what? In a sense, I can understand that. And I would honestly urge anyone that was out there that was looking to get into sex work to be like, no, try every other avenue because it is hard work. Like it's not easy. It's not like a plan B or whatever. And you really Mm. do have to like, your last resort you will make it work and that will be a mm. success like that's it but if you're putting like you're half-assing it mm. like, and this is exactly what i see with only fans the amount of people that are in my dms being like can you give me some tips on how to get started i'm like first of all in your wallet like you have to pay sex <laughs> workers for our time the mm. the experience that we have had you cannot read about there is no school of thought there is no study of it because one we are so just isolated so if you mm. ever are looking to get advice from a sex worker, pay them. Subscribe. Mm. Offer to pay them. Offer to give them some money. And even for me, like, mm. when I am wanting to learn to, like, level up or I see someone doing something, I'm like, here, how much does it cost to talk to you for this amount of time? What mm. would you like me to do? Like, what's your preferred payment method? Even if it is, like, a $10, $15 tip, mm. something that it's shows still, that there is that respect yeah. there for our time. Mm. And that gratitude yeah. that they're taking the time. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but there are so many people that are in my DMs that are like, oh, my goodness, how do I get this started? I have no experience in sex, in sex work. I have no following on any social media. I don't want my family and friends to find out. How can I make a million dollars? <laughs> like, good luck. <laughs> you go to sleep and lucid dream that, sweetheart. That's how you do it. Like, that is, that, there is no reality where that's it. And that's one of the things with sex work. Like, you, you cannot do it without people finding out. That is the, the mm-hmm. number one thing. Right. You really have to just accept that. But if you go into sex work, people will find out. And especially online sex work, whether you're camming or it's only fans or anything like that, people are going to find out. They found a way. Like, even with me, I when I first started, I was under a different name. I didn't have any connection with the Avalon Hope identity. And I got all fully outed by, like, fans mm-hmm. that just... 
figured out the crossover. And it was really traumatizing at first. It really was. It felt like the biggest invasion of my privacy until I was like, all right, I'm coming out about this. Let's do it. And even still, like I am consistently seeing where my own boundaries are at. So there are just a few considerations for people that are looking at doing sex work. And yeah, that's it. People are going to find out and you've got to be okay with it. And I think as well, deciding whether or not there, the conversation is changing about sex work and it is becoming, I wouldn't say more acceptable, but something that is more spoken about. Right. Mm -hmm. And for me, I had to make that decision being like, right, say my career in sex work and I never want to do it again. And I decide to go for a corporate job or anything like that. How will this reputation affect that? Mm-hmm. Because it, it will, it really will. And it, it lingers. It will stay forever. Like, mm-hmm. and I was, I really sat with that and I was like, I would never want to work for someone that was whorephobic anyway. If there was someone like, mm, exactly. no, I don't want to work with you because you know, you were a slut. I'd be like, <laughs> it's like, well, I don't want Thank to work with you, you either. Yeah, I don't want yeah, to I'm not building you. your company for the- mm. what? Absolutely mm. not. No. And then that was it. So, yeah, I think I made peace with that. But there are people out there that I know, friends that are in corporate spheres and are interested about signing OnlyFans. It's like, you really need to weigh up how this will affect you long term. Mm. Yeah. And I fully believe in myself that I'll be able to twist this and make it work and however which way, like I've got my own back, I'll be fine. But there are other people out there that that might not be the case for. Yeah. I've I've seen a lot of like um stuff not a lot of stuff, but sometimes people pointing out the fact that this whole idea of um people kind of waiting for the time that they're 18 so they can jump onto OnlyFans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the people are saying this and saying watch out because you do need to consider it a lot more than just the fact that now you're able to do it because it can still have a long-term effects. It can impact like your future decisions. Do you, you're obviously still quite young. Yes. Do you recommend it to young people? Like, how do you feel about no, that? No, no, it is. Ad- this is the adult industry. Mm-hmm. You are not over 18. And even I, I look at that in myself being like, ah, oh, I'm a victim of this too. Like I was groomed into sex work from yeah. the age of 16 because I came from a background of like poverty. And it is such a pipeline there. And it was a very, very much so up until last year, what I was doing was survival sex work. I even still like the stripping, you know, there are people that flaunt these thousands of dollars they make. And yeah, in some weekends you would. And other weeks you pocket. And there are times where I really was like living off bloody like water crackers and pins of tuna through the week. Like I was broke, broke. Sex work is not as glamorous as it's made out to be. It really isn't. And I understand, like, why it is. Um, the reason why it is so, like, glamorized and, and dramatized is to seem like there is, like, um, to, to prove to people that there is validity in what we do because it's not a respected profession. And to mm. that whole, like, theatrical side to it is to make people go, oh, okay, maybe it isn't so bad. Like, maybe it is kind of cool. Maybe it's kind of cool. There's some good parts maybe, to it or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we'll actually give them some rights and protections. Mm. No, still not there yet. Still not there yet. But I think, like, that's the, the mm. argument as well. Like, sex work is inside of it, that glamorization. But I also see on the flip side, especially, like, once again on TikTok, there is consistently, like, war going on of sex workers flaunting um, which they're entitled to do because they are in the industry. That's amazing. But then you have other people that have just started sex work mm-hmm. and they are going around showing screenshots of their OnlyFans earnings. This is so easy. Like, I made this, I made this. And grooming minors mm-hmm. into mm-hmm. setting them up to joining OnlyFans, to starting stripping, to become escorts. And I'm like, oh, 
my God, we should not be grooming minors into sex work because these are children that are not prepared for what they're stepping into. Mm. And I really wasn't either when I stepped into it. I had no idea right. what I was getting into. I genuinely believe that on my first night dancing that I was going to walk away with $4,000 in pocket. I made $200. I went and cried in my car. And I was like, oh, my God. And it was so hard. It was so scary. Mm. And it was such a volatile environment as well. Like where I was starting was in Sydney. And I just remember walking into that change room and every girl was just silent, just getting ready. And I'm there like shaking in the corner, like getting into my lingerie, making sure I'm all like together before I walk out on the floor. And you are vulnerable. Like you're... You're there in your, like, underwear, yeah. sometimes butt-ass yeah. naked. And, I mean, it really depends on where you are. The clientele is completely different. But one of the, the biggest things that I noticed, I guess, in the culture of stripping is I was being groomed and set up to expect it to be, like, America. And mm, It's and so Australia, different. Well, from what I've heard. like Completely. Mm. So the difference is, in America, if you're going to the strip club, you're there as um, a social thing. Like you're socializing, you're flexing how much money you've got. I can throw it on these bitches. Like, woohoo, we're all here for a good time. In Australia, it's all about companionship and intimacy. Mm. So it's one-on-one. It's more like secretive. Right. Absolutely. It is so secretive and it is quite often like, if you're you're being like a stripper, honestly, strip clubs should be offering like um, programs in psychology because we are being psychologists. For these, like, men that come in, and that is an issue to do with, like, the patriarchy and toxic masculinity. Mm-hmm. These men don't feel comfortable enough to go and see a therapist. So instead, we'll turn to us. They can pay mm-hmm. us for our time, and we will listen to their problems and give them advice and make them feel heard and special and wanted and, like, mm-hmm. validate what's going on for them in their time off. And it's very much so one-on-one and building that rapport, that relationship for that 10 minutes or an hour. It's not like one big party. Friday nights, Saturday nights are kind of a bit more upbeat like that. Any other time, though, before 11 p.m., Friday, Saturday night, to like 3 a.m., that is your party, you know, six hours, seven hours of party over that whole weekend. The rest of it is very much so one-on-one, slow pace. So it's mentally draining you also. It's like oh, taking well, out of my... mentally. Oh, my God. Yeah, because you are being a chameleon hundreds of people a night thousands Mm. of people a week where you have four seconds to assess what is going on with this person to read them from their outfit to their watch to the way their demeanor like what does this person need how can i become that and then they still treat you like an object sometimes and like disrespect you so it's like here i am doing everything for you and you can't even have the bare minimum of human decency completely and even in that like as i was saying where the psychologist for these people the the men that you know don't have anywhere else to turn that's the same thing for like violent and aggressive men or 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 just people like anyone that is like you know what i'm i'm feeling some type of way whether they're sad or angry or anything like that where can i go and i know that they are gonna have to put up with it i'm gonna go to the strippers and even still like that is that's what sex workers are there for like there's that crutch to lean on and like you will have the bad apples but you'll also have some phenomenal clients come through and i'm sure that this is similar what would be in like full service sex work like oh, for yeah. escorts and i even get this now on my only fans people will tip me to talk to me about their lives and for me to just like validate yeah. what's going on and hear it so yeah you yeah so you kind of mentioned that you don't necessarily as a blanket um recommend that and you personally feel like you entered the industry out of a place of desperation 
now you've kind of transitioned um and it sounds like you're predominantly doing OnlyFans online stuff. What's kind of sh- shifted in your view or your attitude to now being a place where I assume you're very happy and doing it out of like a choice rather than yeah, is it like out of control? Like like as like or on OnlyFans? Like this is my personal experience where I'm talking from now. So there's no blanket yeah. statement going on. But for me personally, um, I don't think stripping was amazing, like in everything that it taught me. And I think it really set me up for success online. Um, I did like a brief period of camming as well, like two years ago, just as I was transitioning right. out of dancing. And that was like basically being in a strip club, but like online. So the way that you yeah. interact and engage with people is very much so the way that you would do it in a club. Um, what I really enjoy about OnlyFans now is one, the consistency. So you can see when the money is coming in, how much is coming in, in weekly periods. You can gauge and track. You can look at analytics and data and see what's performing well, what isn't. You can, you know, do sales. You can, and for me as well, it's the following that I have online. Like if I, if I didn't have that fan base to start off with, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be as successful as I am now. So by the time I launched my um, OnlyFans, but the first platform I went for was uh, Admire Me which is OnlyFans British competitor. And I did that because I was still a bit mm, about being attached to the OnlyFans reputation. And I was like, I don't know how this is going to affect me uh, in like the influencer sphere. Like it was very much so my soft launch of, hi, I have a double life that you don't know about. I'm letting you know now. Um, and I very much so did that for like two and a half, three years, lead, like let a double life. I was keeping up with the influencing, oh, always active on my story. <laughs> yeah, honestly, honestly. Um, but yeah, I had 30,000 followers when I launched and even still I was making minimum wage. 30,000 followers mm-hmm. equated to a minimum wage online. And it really did not take off me. And then again, I do know people that have way smaller followings that just have higher engagement. I think for me as well, something to note is that my OnlyFans is strictly like topless only. So there are other content right. creators that do hardcore, that do like actual porn or, you know, solo stuff and they kill it. It's a little bit harder to make big bucks and do well if you're only showing titties. So it's like yep. consistently trying to bring fresh, engaging content um but i love a challenge and also like the creative <laughs> aspect of that i'm like mm. let's go like where mm. are we shooting next like what's the next exciting thing we're doing but um yeah it didn't really take off for me until uh just over a year ago now when i had in the same week two uh, videos go viral on tiktok they both popped over like five million views each and one of them was talking about my only fans the other one was talking about my boobies and that changed my entire life like that was the pivotal point where it went from having like 30,000 followers to over 100,000 followers in one week and that you know transpired over into my OnlyFans as well so so that was like the pivotal point for me there and I think my attitude attitude has changed but yeah that's it for me where I'm more than comfortable at being out because it really is working for me do you know Mm -hmm. what I mean yeah and how does it now like you said you don't like to like work with obviously brands that don't want to work with you because of like you that you're a sex worker but when you go like you're a model as well and like obviously you said that you're just about to come out with a new brand but how Mm -hmm. does that has any of the online content like kind of been impacted by OnlyFans or um 
No, I wouldn't say. I mean, I'm sure it has. I am so sure it has. Where there would have been companies, brands, businesses that would have been like, oh, we want to work with her. And then done just like a little bit of research and been like, no, we don't. Mm-hmm. So but I, I would have known. I mean, the companies that reach out to me are well aware of what my online presence is. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, they wouldn't be reaching out. No one has ever been like, yes, we want to work with you. Also, by the <laughs> way, we haven't looked you up at all. Oh, <laughs> sorry, we changed our mind. Bye. Mm. So, no, it hasn't affected anything like that. Um, yeah what's um your relationship i'm interested in hearing the relationship like you have with your only fans uh or just supporters in general because like i think with one thing with influencerness is the relationship with the fans is so much like it's intimate obviously um you're letting them into a part of your life and for you you're showing like the next layer of that next layer of intimacy like does does the boundaries or the relationships ever become weird in that people might think that you're I don't know what I'm trying to say. I'm trying to say. He has a, he he has like a personal like... experience tied. That's why. <laughs> no, oh, no, 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 I'm just talking about like. born by a sex worker where you were like. No, 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 no. I'm just talking about fans. Even like from, a, from like this, having followers that kind of end up thinking you're closer than you are. They see your lives. Yeah. They assume they know you. Yes. Have you had any scary moments with followers in that way? Yeah. Yeah, I absolutely have. Um, when I like came out of Avalon Hope that was doing online work before that, I went by a different name, which I'm not even going to mention. Um, but the different name that I was using, I was doing like more hardcore kind of stuff because I was mm. I just needed some money, like, and that was what was selling. And it was a very small group of people that I had. I think I had an OnlyFans had like maybe forty subs on it. And um, yeah, there's this one video of me. It's like forty. I think it's like forty three seconds. Where, yeah, quite frankly, I'm holding onto a sink, getting railed from behind. It's just my, my boobies coming together. And this video made it on Reddit. It gets re-uploaded to Pornhub every single day. It has clocked wow. over. I think when I first found the video, it got sent to me. It was sitting on around about 40 million views. Oh and God. the re-uploads, the, the biggest one I've seen was over 300 million views. Like, Wow. No, and so this gets sent to me on the daily being like, where can I see more of this? Where can I see more of this? I want to see more. Like, I don't do this anymore because it was one person out of those 40 subscribers that then meant I had to delete my Facebook. I can't follow my family on social media because I started getting dogs. I had people that were like, um, you know, sending me my own home address. They let me know that they knew where my family lived. They started saying like where my uh, sister's like schools were. I've then like been in my own Reddit forum and there are pictures of me as like a child being uploaded that wow. I've never even seen these photos. So <gasps> yeah, yeah, it's scary out here. Oh like God. it can be. But I think that that's why I'm really strict on like my own boundaries. And I, I was uncomfortable doing what I was doing then. And that was very much so survival sex work. But when that's the case, you don't have a choice on comfort. Like the, mm. the, you, you, I was not afforded the luxury of having boundaries because at the end of the day, bills needed to be paid and I was hungry. Like, you don't have a choice there. And so now I'm afforded the luxury and I'm very strict on it as well. It's like, no, I only do topless. Like, the the one time I didn't, (laughs) look what happened. Oh my God. See, like, (laughs) oh my God, I can't have a Facebook now because of that one time I didn't. So, do you think I'm going to do this regularly? No, absolutely (laughs) not. Like, no. So, yeah. Yeah. As we're saying, right, there are 
a, a bunch of bands that really do like I have a, a strong like friendship with and like a connection to and they're amazing I really appreciate them and then there's like the, they're like the closer ones that I've been consistent and consistent fans for years like I know them by their name I know stuff about sure. their life they know stuff about mine then you've got like a second layer where it's like they do consistently engage but they know a little bit less regardless everything that I do like I am my own brand but I think mm. that like my, my life is my work because I love it. Mm. But I think when it comes to like sex, romance, relationships and friendships, I really value my privacy. So mm. even like the content that people consume sexually online is a world away of what my actual sex life is because mm. that is for me mm. and that is for me only. That is not for anybody else's consumption. And I'm really like strong on that, especially with any relationships that I have had or whenever I'm dating people, I'm like, no, I... I don't want this public because one, I don't want you dealing with the harassment that it will come with because I even have a friend of mine. He's a rapper. His name's Smooth. He's amazing. Shout out Smooth. Um, but you know, we've like done a little like collaboration on OnlyFans. He was just in his boxes. I was in lingerie. Like he's hot. I'm hot. It was like looking good. We're just hanging out. Right. And yeah. Smooth just started getting harassed by my followers being like, she deserves so much better. Like I still get like messages being like, oh you God. need to dump him. And I'm like, I'm not even with him. <laughs> I was never dating him. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm like really oh, strict wow. about because of, you know my fans are really protective over me, and it's so much more profitable for me to be single, whether I am or I'm not. Like I was in a mm. a whole year and a half, two year long relationship, and none of my fans were aware of it. Mm. Mm. That's do you separate. find that sad in like like that you get to, you kind of have to miss out on that like, or is it kind of add another element like, <laughs> no it's, it's like, like it's like some little secret mm. I love it like it adds a whole element of like in my when I walk away from the camera it's like you have my undivided attention like I'm in love with you you know look at all of these people here that are trying to like watch me consistently and yet you have all of my time and attention I just think mm. that's like that's a win. Like that's the biggest W yeah. ever. And so it's like, who cares about being out in public? Cause it's like, you're making money. I mean, this is the attitude I would hope mm. for. And my partner, like my ex-partner did have very much so like, no, you're making money. You're running a business. And yet you come home to me. Yes. Mm. I want you to know. You have all these choices <laughs> and here you are choosing True. them consistently. That's exactly it. So no, I don't feel sad or missing out on anything like that. And also like, even if this wasn't part of my life, I would not be the kind of post person to like post stuff with my partner either. Like mm. shade, like profile pictures and stuff like that. That's just not my thing. And I think it adds another like element to it of just excitement. And it seems like it to me with whoever I'm dating, it's like, look how special this is. Like this is just for us. For us. Because there isn't much in my life like that isn't viewing and like consumption by my fans and my audience because I am interacting with them daily so mm. when I have things like that in my relationships and stuff it's like very much so no this is just for us and that's special yeah no it's really cool because I think it's something that lots of influencers miss that whole mm. like thinking about what you do actually want to keep just private to your life and having those boundaries in place yeah yeah now, you have obviously dabbled in a lot of areas and you just from talking to you, obviously someone who has a lot of aspirations, who is drive. going to Amazing achieve drive. whatever you want to achieve. <laughs> where where do you see yourself going? Like, what's your end? No, not end because it has to be an end. But what's like, no. yeah, what are your main um, aspirations at, at this point of time? Honestly, it would be so hard to say. Um, I think 
imagine seeing how much in my life has changed in the past year. Like, it's like unrecognizable, like who I was a year ago. I'm still me, absolutely. But oh my God. So even to say like, what is the long term? I can't even predict what's going to go on in two hours time, let alone like years down the track. Um, I am currently working on launching a new company, which is in the luxury travel and influencing sphere. So looking at doing trips where I host, yeah, luxury getaways for influencers and models where we shoot content and have like a really good time in wherever it is. I mean, with COVID at the moment, looking like it's going to be all like North Queensland, on the reef, on yachts, having a good time, not going too far there. But yeah, we'll see where that takes me because it, you know, it looks really exciting. I'm I'm excited to get the ball rolling there. There's not much more I can share on it, but I don't know where that will take me. Um, I like the goal would be like 30 years old, and tired in the sense that I don't have to actively work and put out content consistently. I would like yep. to be in a position by the time that I'm 30, I can be like, cool, I've got all of my assets in order. We've invested all the right shit. We've got the companies that run themselves. I'm just on the phone every now and again. Hello. Yes. I'm going to be on a yacht <laughs> somewhere. Like, smoothly. <laughs> that's pretty much it. I'll be and I would like making money. That is it. And like, I have a friend of mine who's very much so like, anti-capitalist doesn't like money doesn't want anything to do with it and i am such a big critic of capitalism as well like oh my god Mm. who is pro it but at the end of the day i'd rather conquer it first make sure i'm not in that lack (laughs) space ever like i hate it but i do love it (laughs) like oh my god i just want to make sure that i'm set because i know what it's Mm. like to not have and i'm like "Mm -mm." i will never allow myself to experience that again the anxiety the way that like it is a physical feeling that I used to feel like falling asleep, the tightness of my chest, the weight on my shoulders of not having. I never mm. want to be in a space of lack of again. It's always about abundance, no. abundance, abundance. So it's so like while in- we are in this capitalist space, why not be at yeah. the top of the space? Or at least like set up well with the day, space. I'm going to be dead and I'm going to still actively do my part to make sure like I am participating in capitalism. Anyone that does work for me or with me is fully taken care of. I'm not there being like, you know, the next Elon Musk paying people three cents an hour while making them work mm. to death. Like, no, that's, that's yeah. not it. Mm. So, yeah, um, I don't know. And, you know, I really love what I do. So there is no end goal. Things work um, in cycles in my life. Like I even found that, you know, when I was, 13, music was my passion. Like, that was it for me. I was like, I'm going to be a pop star. And that led me to working my butt off and being accepted into, like, a performing arts, like, selective performing arts high school. The minute I showed up there, they are like, we get it. You're talented. But have you got what's going on up here? Like, are you intellectually sharp enough to make sure that your career will be set even if you don't make it in a creative field? And I was like, whoa. And I remember showing up to, like, Excuse me? <laughs> I was not prepared for this. That's literally it. But no, from there, that's when I got involved in politics. And then my love of politics took me down like the magazine and like into sex work. And then when I was in Queensland, like stripping, you I'd be up there for like a month at a time. You're in like rural Queensland. There's nothing going on. I remember like being in the FIFO house, the fly in, fly out stripper house of girls. Rocking up being like, yes, like 
what is it to do? Like, let's go. <laughs> and like consecutively, these three women sitting on the couch went sleep. And I'm like, okay. and I like busted out my MacBook. And from there, I started like writing and producing music. And that like set me up for when I moved to Melbourne. I enrolled in and did um, a diploma of like music production. I'm in like a 10 piece band now. I write like a bunch of demos oh and God. stuff. It's not anywhere. Like, you didn't I even like, touch on this. <laughs> what? No, you didn't even know. Like, I know. No much. one ever does. I know. But yeah, no. So I write a lot of music. Like that's what I do in my downtime. I don't ever release it. Like I have so much. <laughs> what <laughs> my administered clock off time if i don't i'll die I, and i must always be doing something so for me i'm like okay it's productive if we're writing music we're writing music mm. so mm. yeah i mean that though when i then studied music you know solidified me being here being in active space and i think for me like music not only is it like a creative outlet but when I was younger, I like reflect on it why I wanted it so bad. Like I used to cry at the dinner table, being like, "I my my plan, my golden plan from like when I was fifteen was by the time I'm twenty seven, if I was not like an A list celebrity singer, like if I hadn't made it, I was just gonna kill myself." <laughs> <laughs> Problems like that's not. Like, excuse me, if I'm not Beyonce, no, I'm- <laughs> <laughs> no, something's I'm wrong. Dead. No, that was literally it. And I'm like, oh my god, the pressure I put on myself. And then I look back at it, it's like, what I really wanted was a voice. I was mm, to be heard. Like, heard. literally, fundamentally, and for me, I was like, that's singing. People are going to hear my voice. But I mm. looked into it, and it's like, more introspective than that. I was like, no, no, no. I want to be seen. I want to be respected. I want my opinion to be respected. That's what I'm looking for. And I've created that for myself now with my online platform. So, yeah. No, there's no need to offer yourself because you're already no. there. <laughs> I remember, like, I literally remember having that, like, quote, unquote, ego death of when I was like, that me anymore that is actually mm. not it I had like a breakdown in the rain I just finished the gig with my band and it was raining and I was like oh my god this actually is enough for me and like I was devastating realizing that playing at like pubs and like getting shit face drunk with my cover band while we like play kazoos and stuff enough for me musically because the amount of pressure I had put on myself like it was part of my identity that was also like a part of my driving factor like I need this fame and when I had that ego death it was like devastating part of me died and I left it there in the rain and I was like okay it freed up a lot more space to now move into a rebirth thing pretty mm. much yeah in the rain <laughs> it was a whole moment you were the main character I was. I treat my life like I consistently am. (laughs) (laughs) You are. We have been going for so long. I just, there's so many more things that I want to talk to you about. Like there's the body positivity. There's that whole aspect. But um, wow. I like, there's so much to cover. If the people have to, I know, I'm like, you could sit here literally and talk to you all day. You are one of the most like fascinating people I've ever spoken to. (laughs) And just your attitude and vibe is so Mm. inspiring. And like, I feel like I'm going to, Get off this call and be like, yeah. I need it. I need it. I need to start working on all my like careers. And- exactly. Wow. Thank you. Well, if you guys yes. ever wanted to have a chat again, let me know. Or if you want to keep talking now, like I'm not in a rush. I know that you guys <laughs> probably have like a cap and a quota for how long you can go on for. And I'm sure the listeners are probably getting sick of hearing me like, yarn no, it's on actually, about my <laughs> It's so inspirational. Like, I know that word's, like, thrown around a lot, but, like, hearing, yeah. like... No, like, it's just... a different word, but... <laughs> yeah, it a better word. But, like, hearing your drive and just, like, what you've come from, but then the, all the different avenues and how, like, hard 
you've worked in all of them is just amazing and it's like yeah I'm just like okay I need, so a, I need to start <laughs> but if you're listening to this right now and you're like we need we want more of Avalon this is your teaser and now you can go and follow her and find her and mm. discover for yourself so where where should people find you to get more Avalon Hope just come and follow me on Instagram at Avalon Hope in my bio you'll see it all there every other platform you can imagine that I'm on. So yeah, just come follow my Instagram and have a Hey, what's up? It is Theo here from the editing suite. And I'm just here to let you know that unfortunately, since we recorded this episode, Avalon's Instagram account was taken down. So I need everyone to go send a formal complaint to Instagram and follow her on her new account at Avalon Hope Official. Don't forget that official at the end. I'd love to have you on to talk about, like we briefly talked about a couple episodes, body positivity and stuff like that. But if you're down one time, I'd love to have an actual person with probably much more knowledge than us (laughs) to discuss all that type of stuff. Um, So that would be amazing. Exactly. Listeners, if you want to see that, if you want to hear me come back and talk about body positivity, let them know. Let's do it. Tell us. (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Avalon. We wish you the best and hopefully speak to you again very soon. Thank you so much for having me on the show today, guys. I really appreciate it. Bye. And we're back. Avalonless. Avalonless, unfortunately. And a week later, or a couple days later. (laughs) I have to be honest. I hate, like, pretending that, like, oh, we just finished the interview. But why do you even need to mention it? Because, like, if you're watching the video, if you're watching the video, they need to know. They were watching before the interview, too. Okay, facts. Um, we're wearing the same clothes <laughs> no but we are back that I love her I love her she is my icon <laughs> I want to have her drive and her truly oh my god I love her and even though I know I feel like our love is getting a bit like okay we get no, it because every time I yes, see someone we're like wow that was so good. We have not interviewed but- <laughs> anybody bad yet. That's all I've got to say. And like I don't know if I'd particularly say the mo- <laughs> that they were bad, but like oh. no, but I would. Oh, but you could you'd be able to tell as you know just learned Ali can't lie well, <laughs> but yeah yeah from the moment she started speaking I was like whoa even just her energy mm-hmm. her everything she brought it she's easily one of the best like the easiest people we've had mm. to interview and also just the best in the fact that she had so much as, like there. like as you could tell there was, was so much hard. i wanted to it was hard like i wanted to talk about so <laughs> many more things she has so much more to talk talk on and touch on and like i felt like the hour or like just under an hour we talked literally went by so fast and yeah. i could have sped just by. sat and there then, and listened to her the whole yes. time like, I didn't know about her history as a stripper either. So, I was like, this is so mm. interesting. And then all of her, like, business, like, little business ventures when she was in high school. Like, and then she was in, like, a performing I arts, know. like, college. Like, there were so many things that I'm like, wait, you make... Yeah, that was she- just brought up nonchalantly. I was like, wait, <laughs> yeah. what are you get to the college, man? What do you mean you're in college? And she was like, yeah, I um, make music. No, but she was awesome. And I was like, you're in a band? You make music? Oh, yeah, music. <laughs> I was like, what don't you do? No, that was so funny. Um, <laughs> guys go check her out like she is uh, as she said like at avalon hope yeah at avalon hope on instagram like as she said she posts like obviously her photos are like very 
just for her brand and it, risque. risque. Yeah, is that the word risque? Um, but her story. Oh, is risque? I don't, I don't even know if risque is, is like I don't know up to date no. or if that's kind of negative noise connotations. I hope it's not. Sorry, anyway, go on. But like, no, <laughs> they're like obviously, you know, for her content. But then also, like, if you're not for- here for that, at least be there for her stories. Like her stories, as she said, she posts some really intellectual stuff. She talks about really current and like pressing issues like political issues and she's just so amazing and i literally cannot hype her up enough and i really hope you guys loved her too because i want to have her on again yes actually i think her account got taken down at least momentarily i'm pretty sure it's back up but like it was gone for a second and it was just like instagram user because it'd been like banned or something oh. so hopefully it's back but you can go discover yeah. that <laughs> Uh, we'll let you guys know. Anyway, as we said before, we wanted to close today's episode with an, another edition of Am I the Asshole? Yes. Now, we actually put this out, and this was by far one of the most popular things we've done on the podcast. Mm. Uh, the people on TikTok oh went God. off. Yes. Giving us their thoughts. They loved it. Um, you can also go go check us out on TikTok, the underside of Gen Z. Press little snippets there, little things like, if you're listening to this, you already will maybe hear most of them. But you never know. There could be some extra content. Who knows? Um, oh. oh. <laughs> so, we've both chosen one Am I the Arsehole scenario each, mm-hmm. which we haven't heard. We're going to read it out and dissect and diagnose whether they are or not the arsehole. Hit us with it, Theo. Go. Okay. This Jump one. This one comes in. Am I the arsehole for showering in the middle of the night? <laughs> God, this this brings up trauma for me. <laughs> not no, not trauma, <laughs> but like it's my fear of living with people because I don't like to be inconvenienced. Anyway, yeah, I thought this one would relate <laughs> to you. So it starts with saying, "I, twenty four female, work overnights in a warehouse. I have certain shifts where I am coming home at three a.m. I'm always careful of the noise volume I make as I live in an apartment with a roommate." I don't make food or use the microwave, just eat cold leftovers or basic foods that require no prep when I get home. Roommate knew that I worked nights when we rented together. Although she does complain the shower wakes her up sometimes, she understands why I am showering so late. Warehouse work is physical labor and I'm often dusty and sweaty at the end of my shift, so I must shower before I get in bed. However, next door neighbor is always mad. Leaves notes, complains to management, Manager has said that showering isn't excessive noise, so it's okay, but I feel bad because he always complains he's woken up and works early. Am I the arsehole? No. That's like that's not on them at all. Like if that was an issue, the building the people who created the building should have like made the walls more soundproof, if anything. Like you can't help it. And honestly, yeah, showering is a necessity. You should be able to shower whenever you want to shower. Like, is that the thing? But if they've like, if the building has been cheap, they haven't made hugely soundproof things, and this person wakes up early and is getting woken up at 3 a.m. every day because this person is coming home and showering, should they have a bit more respect for the next-door neighbor? No, because it's their life. Like, I don't... Like, like I get it if they, like, weren't working and they were just doing it to be annoying, but, like, they... It's literally, like, what... it's like a basic necessity you should be able to do what you want to do in your house that's like normal like i get it if they were having like music playing or like having a party every night but it's literally just having a shower 
like going to the toilet what are you going to be annoyed oh. that somebody goes to the toilet and washes their hands like i don't know this sounds like it's coming from a personal well, no, place no, no. it's just no it's like because at the moment i'm in an apartment building and i can't i can kind of hear the shower going on from next door right like my one of my neighbors yeah so i'm they'll probably can hear me when i shower and like i do shower at random times at late at night sometimes um, sporadic. I'm a sporadical shower. So like sometimes <laughs> that sounds really weird, but like sometimes you know I like to, like I'll realize I have just been watching something or doing something until like late, or I'll go for a late night run or something, and I want to shower at like twelve or like one, and like I it does make me really anxious because I'm like shit that could be really inconvenient. But then when you think about it, I'm like it's my place. I'm paying to live here and living is showering whenever I want. Like, and I get like, if the roommate was getting annoyed, but then also I wouldn't get that because they knew they worked lights. You know what I mean? They knew they worked nights. But for the neighbor who didn't know this, would you not say sleep is also a basic necessity? Yes. The right time to sleep without being woken up. And you might, you might say like, yes, they've chosen like, yes, that's their place that they're paying to live in. But they've chosen that place knowing that they live obviously very close to their neighbor. Maybe they share a wall or something. But a basic so necessity. So come with an extra element of. A basic necessity is also like working. And like if you work a hard job, you should be able to have the luxury, not even a luxury, the basic decency to shower after your shift. Am I wrong? Like to have a shower like after you. Have worked all like a hard shift. You okay, know? you're definitely. I mean, you're not wrong. I'm just trying to. I like, know, I know. Another but like, and I get that. Like, but then, the like, um, what about could they could they potentially like fill a bath prior to working, and then use the water for that to scrub themselves? So when what? They, get they home? should get a flannel and like just wash themselves every night with cold water. Yes, and then in the morning they could have an actual proper shower. That's wild. No thanks. No, thanks. (laughs) No, like, I get it. But then also, like, if that's such an issue, the they should go to the building people and be like, look, we need more soundproof. Like, can you soundproof the walls? You know what I mean? Like, if it's like... Now, what about... Now, we're obviously hearing it from this person's perspective, but just say you're the neighbor, you wake up at 3 a.m. every day and you already struggle with sleep. So you finally get to sleep, wake up at 3 a.m. every single day because the person next to you is sharing. Exactly. You you went to, to say you went to sleep at two a.m. and then you get wake up at three because of this. Well, I guess. Are you pissed off? Like I'd be annoyed, but then also like I'd find ways around it. Like I'd get earplugs or. Actually, that's true. Yeah. Get those soundproof headphones. Like just deal with it. Like you are not the asshole. Yes, definitely not the asshole. Mine yeah. also like I chose because of like a personal element because somebody wanted me to comment on this, so just it, it brings it in and ties it in. But um, I spoke about oh. one episode about being too anxious. <laughs> When my Uber people call me, um, and like going to get my Uber. Oh, which is like you also don't like ordering stuff late at night because then they come and like disturbs your yeah, neighbors. Yeah, like that stresses me out. Like I don't want to be an inconvenience. But also, I guess you could be eating it. Yeah, exactly. Time. You just put exactly. It off until late. Um, okay. But so there, I like a couple episodes back. I talked about how I get really anxious, like with when I deliver get food delivered, like when like I. Don't answer. I don't want to answer the door, and I get them to, like, when they call me to like, f- like, figure it that out. That part of your anxiety is still the weirdest. To me. Yeah, it's very. Like, odd. I still have not wrapped my um, head around that concept. It just but it stresses on. me out. I don't know. I've gotten better at it, by the way. I've gone down twice, and I've answered the phone calls when people. And I've answered, talked to them. All good. Getting better, but this one ties into this, and I hope like I'm not like this, but. 
Am I the asshole for reporting a delivery driver who I thought was lying to get out of doing more work? Oh. So there you go. Oh. OP goes, so today for lunch, I decided to order from a Mexican restaurant through one of those food delivery services. I've had a bad experience or two (laughs) where my order was missing some items, but the drivers would always be gone before I realized and could catch them to fix the issue. Right. I'd always have to report it through the app's support chat, which is such a pain to use because they obviously outsource their representatives and it's frustrating trying to communicate with them. I usually give up after a few messages back and forth. When my driver arrived, I told her to stay so that I could check the bag and make sure everything was there. I noticed she kind of raised her eyebrows for a moment, but otherwise she stood quietly and waited. Sure enough, a couple of things were missing. I politely said she needed to return to the restaurant and get my missing items. That's so weird. That's so weird. I'm sorry. That gives me so much anxiety. I could never. Anyway. Um, Wait, to ask them to yeah. do that? Like, it's the, they're, they're, so they're a delivery person. Like, they didn't pack the food. In a very neutral, rehearsed sounding tone, she said, it's against company policy to do that and that I should contact support through the app. I explained that I preferred not to deal with the support. She said, they're the only ones who can help and she's really not supposed to go back to the restaurant. I was a bit annoyed at this point, so I asked what the company policy was on making sure orders were correct. Oof, that's a bit, this is a bit, a little dig. (laughs) She said that restaurants close the bags for the drivers and they're not meant to open them for the containers, open them or the containers inside, which is true. Like you're not supposed to, they're literally usually stapled. Uh, Being an avid food delivery person, they're usually stapled. She knows. And that's how it's supposed to be. So, you know, they can't touch the food. They haven't like nobody's been in it. Anyway, something about food safety violations and not being trained, question mark. This, this, I'm already not liking this girl's attitude, OP. Not a vibe. (laughs) After a moment, she apologized for the trouble and left. To me, this honestly just sounds like a bunch of bullshit. Bullshit excuses to get out of doing her whole job. If they can't go back to the restaurant, how are customers supposed to get their food slash money back? And if they can't open bags to check the orders how do they even know that they're delivering the right food it makes no sense to me so on the page where i rate my driver and can leave feedback i made a note of my situation and explained why i thought she was in the wrong i then left one star and revoked my tip a bit later i was talking to my oh rude i was talking to my sister over the phone who i thought would enjoy the story because she works for a different but similar delivery company my sister said Did you actually think she was going to go back to the restaurant? I laughed, thinking that she was taking a dig at a competing company's drivers. But she said, I'm not joking. You literally reported her for following the rules. At first, I thought my sister had misunderstood a part of the story or something. So I kind of brushed it off. But now, based on her reaction and that both her and the driver said, I'm wondering if they're right. Am I the asshole for reporting her and taking my tip back because I thought she was lying. I'm just going to say yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay, originally I was like a bit taken back because I was like, what do you mean? But then I was like, well, hold on, no, this is an external delivery service. Yeah. This isn't like the pizza store and the pizza delivery yeah, people no. bringing it to you. 100%. But that right? was if so two people mean. that work for delivery services saying this is their policy, why do you not trust yeah. that? And like, 
literally you just have to put two and two together of course they can't go into the bags of course they like what they're gonna go back to the restaurant that they've just come from and been like like no all you do is report that you're missing items and the people give you a refund like i've done that before like that's just so disrespectful to like the to the delivery no that's so person. dumb because it's just uh, there's it's so stupid because it's nothing to do with the delivery mm. person like you, how are they supposed to make sure it's right they're not supposed to that's not yeah. their job that's complain to the restaurant give the restaurant the yeah. bad thing they just pass on the food to the thing like um, yeah. i'm trying to i'm just like trying to wrap my brain <laughs> you were kind of like, cutting up with the like other the other side, side. <laughs> it's just not there like what's an the alternative only, like the thing is i've packed an uber delivery i've packed tw- two actually but i've packed like when i worked at my last job i packed delivery food for the uber driver or the um delivery people to take and it's my job one packing it to make sure everything's there that i've got everything and then you fold it and then you staple it with the note on with the what order it is with the person and then you give it to the delivery driver they don't touch it except for the bag when they give it to you like it's not their fault they're literally doing their job and she and she was so and the thing is she was so nice about it the delivery girl even after you were so rude to her like, not that I'm actually talking to this girl, but... But people, yes. <laughs> people are just really dumb in that circumstances. Now, I will say it is annoying when you get your food delivered and stuff is missing. Yeah. Like, potentially top 10 most annoying Because mm. you've waited for it and you were, like, craving it and you... You've waited yeah. a long time. 40 minutes, most probably. Yeah. And it's, like, uh, wrong. And so I, I get do that. empathize. But to take it out on the now, delivery... Now, should the delivery driver understand this pain empathize and say you know what i out of the goodness of my heart just being a good person will go back to the restaurant and sort it out and ignore the company policy no because that, like, like, that could get this them is fired. About- that could also like that means they're taking their time out when they could be doing another order and like making more money but do we need to start shifting the mindset of people to be like you know what it might take a bit of time but we are just all humans doing our best on this earth. Let me do something nice for someone, knowing I'm not going to get anything out of it. Like, why do no, we always need me. the fact that, no, we have no time. I'm not going to get money for this. No, I'm if not gonna, this person has like literally... That, that, is that just the capitalism in you coming no, out no. and talking? If this, this person way- has just, like, on their little bike, has just biked all the way from that place to you, you want them to go bike back, take the food, be like, this is what you're missing. By the time, if it's hot food, the food's cold. Then come all the way bike back to you. Well, they could be eating the food they did get while they wait. And then, and then, like, it just, it just seems <laughs> stupid. No, because, you know, you need the bag and you need to show what was in it. You know what I mean? You can't go to the restaurant and be like, they said this was wrong. Yeah. Like, no. And then also, like, it's just like, why should the, like, if you want it so badly, you get off your ass. You oh. get in the car oh. and you drive to. The- you get on the little yeah, bike. You, and drive yeah, you go to the restaurant and be like, "Hi, I just got an Uber delivery. This is what was wrong." Like, if you're that desperate. Yeah, it's really okay. Yeah, no, it just really comes down to a basic misunderstanding of what their whole role is mm. and how the system. But works. then also, like, I get that. So but, like, yes, you are like, even the asshole. Even like, if like, say, delivery people have been like mean, not mean to me, but like. For example, I got, like, food delivered, like, a couple nights ago or something. And, like, I was just, like, he, like, called me and, like, I accidentally missed a call. But, like, I was, like, oh, I'm coming down to get it. Because, obviously, he wasn't going to come up even though he's supposed to. So, I was just getting on my shoes and ready to go down. And I literally just caught him as he was about to drive away with my food. Just, like, leave. 
And that was like, and he like literally, he got, went out and pulled out and was about to drive away. And then he saw me and he stopped in like the middle of the street, got out and like gave me the bag. And like, I could have done a thumbs down. Like I could have made like a comment and been like, he was going to drive away with my fruit. But I didn't because like. Well, maybe he heard the podcast and was like, ah, oh, here we go. This is the girl that everyone talks about having to call five million times and she doesn't answer and intentionally ignores no, you. They, They've got that they little Uber, Uber driver yeah, chat like, Facebook girl group. On this like, address. <laughs> no, but like, yeah. I don't know. Like there's like, think about how like a little thing, like putting a thumbs down or like taking away their tip could impact them when maybe they made a minor mistake or like, yes, it could have influenced, inconvenience you but like maybe something else was going on with them compared to like do you really need to do that like do you really need to be mean no 100 percent. it would take a lot for me to have to leave like a one star or even like less than yeah. four because it they do take lots most of these places do take it really seriously like even at mcdonald's when someone would go into the app and like say oh the store was like not super clean like the managers would pull like pull people aside and like interrogate exactly. everyone and like so i just think it's like Put yourself in their position. Like, it's at nighttime, they're biking around or they're driving around, dripping off other people's food. Like, you can't even be bothered to go there and get takeaway from this place. And here you've got somebody literally delivering it to you and you can't have basic human respect. That's my take. Um, definitely the arsehole. Uh, should listen to your sister. For sure. <laughs> no. But we love, we love Am I the Arseholes. Makes me feel a little bit better about myself. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Anyway, so we're here. And we'll be back again next week. So if you want to make sure you hear it, please subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. And we would love it if you could leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts as it does seriously help us so much. Share this podcast with a friend. If you're new, share it with a friend. If you're old, oh. share it with a friend. Share it with a family oh. member. Who knows? Oh. Um, oh. It really helps. Yes. Um, we love to hear what you guys think. So always send in DMs, leave a review, as he said. Yes. Uh, but otherwise, you can keep up with us on Instagram at the undecided Gen Z at Ali underscore Malcolm or Theo.McCoy. Other than that, we hope you have an amazing week. Yes. Have an amazing week, guys. Bye. See you guys. Bye.